What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 94 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. I miss Justin Smith. Really? We're going in 49ers things I already? Just, I just, the 94, like that, just like, sometimes the number just hits you. Oh, I get it. Cowboy, I get it. Justin Smith, like, yeah. that, was a, that was a legit 94. If, uh, if you're a football fan, go ahead and, and uh, Google yourself some Justin Smith highlights. Uh, dude's a thug. Also, uh, 94 Niners. Okay, yes. Na- also, 94 also Niners. Uh, Neon Dion, uh, last last Super Bowl. Like, glad, glad we have biggest, right... Biggest blowout. Right out of the gates. Uh, just completely alienated a bunch of fans. Uh, that are either Cowboys fans or listen. I've been on good know, behavior. Just in general, I've not, been on good behavior for the intro for a while. Ninety four, you know, just struck a chord. I like, had to say something. Good behavior, maybe two or three episodes. Yeah, like, like maybe two. That's not a while. Maybe that's, two. That's uh, that's a while for me. I mean, I expect you to go rogue right at the beginning, no matter what. In fact, it's somewhat necessary for the the kind of uh, free form intro that we do on this podcast. But you know, but you can't tell me right now you don't miss Justin Smith. Of course I do. God. Just tackle quarterbacks through the offensive line. Yeah. Yes. He was uh he was one of the best defensive linemen we've seen. Listen, I'm just I'm gonna put it out there right now. We're gonna get to ninety seven, Bryant Young is gonna come to my mind. We're gonna get ninety nine. And although yep. he's an alcoholic and made very poor decisions, Alden Smith had a minute right there. Got it. Just was we should all hook. we should also mention that that both Joe and I played defensive line Hell yeah. for for periods of time. So the defensive linemen up in those those unappreciated high nineties numbers for for football jerseys, we you know we we got to show love for them. But you know, yeah, you know, so you know, just like uh, sometimes numbers just strike a chord, and those are some some pretty rad numbers. Of course, of course. I mean, we always... I mean, we're also getting close to 100, which I will save for the next uh, six episodes after this, which I already started like at 91, <laughs> um, which is just neat. I mean, at least, uh, it, you know, at least we didn't go into that right away. Yeah. But like if we were going to... We should have thought of this earlier and like the 90s could have been all defensive linemen. Like we could have gone like, you know, 92 Reggie White. And, we were and also like, we were also children of the nineties. We probably could talk about cool songs that came out in ninety four. Totally. We could have made an entire thing out of out of the nineties, but we've just you know, we totally missed that boat and have mostly talked about how close we are to one hundred, yet still two months from one hundred. Yeah, like super far away. Um so you know it, I guess it's we're six weeks now, but But we, you know, we've got enough going on that I know we're gonna make it at least that far. If nothing else, just to pay back investments. I hope so. I would hope that we can. We just episode ninety nine. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, Joe and I have uh, been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, and we really enjoy talking disc golf. But I'm pretty positive six new disc golf podcasts started this week, and you know, we're just not there. We're just getting. We're just getting tired of the grind. You know, speakers. That's like I'm. I'm not blown away because we did that, but I feel like we were like so ahead of the curve because it was a few years ago. So many new podcasts every day. I've seen a lot of new ones lately that that were up there. You know, it's a 
it's a thing. And when we started, I was like, man, there's already so many podcasts. Which is, We're like it, the new guys. And now I'm like, hey, listen, young, young you know, buck. It's, it's really surprising because podcasts are incredibly complex and the amount of resources and and uh, i mean robin puts in hours of research for every episode it's just incredibly different i mean legit though robin does put in pro- i mean depending <laughs> on the subject there is actual research that happens i, I don't do that <laughs> yeah but, but I think that's kind of like, you know, that's our rapport. That's kind of what's expected. I mean, it's incredibly difficult for a couple of people to completely bullshit an hour of conversation and record it. So I, I'm just really honestly surprised that listen, so many have popped listen, up. Legit, it takes some skill. <laughs> I feel like uh, we've got a we've got a pretty neat no, product that, here that, that, that can't exactly, be easily recreated. That's what I'm saying. It's just it's very difficult to create a podcast, and it's not a very common thing for for that to happen. So, speaking of which, uh, check out Bar Stories podcast. <laughs> is that actually out yet? It is. A uh, second episode dropped. Yeah, uh, but did last they night. did they actually it's on iTunes and everything? They yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I haven't listened to it. All right. There's, I'm assuming there's still I didn't, sound I didn't, effects. I didn't listen to it either. But when I was in the first one. Are we going to go on it at all? We should. I mean, uh, oh, I'll, I guess I'll explain what we're chatting yeah. about. So my brother-in-law has started a podcast. He is a bar manager for a pretty cool bar um, north of where we are. And he started a podcast where he brings on other bartenders and people in the service industry, just people in general that share bar stories uh, each episode has a different guest who talks about their bar stories. Dude, we're giving this dude a free plug. We're so nice. Um, I know. But we've got stupid amounts of drinking slash bar stories. Yeah. Um, that I actually would love to have recorded. And some I don't want recorded at all because no one should know about the horrible things we've. Agreed. You know, may or may not have done. But yeah, check it out. And at some point we'll probably be on it. So True that. We'll be the first one to be like, hey, there's two of us. We're both going on together. And I designed their logo, so true that. So yay, yay that. And speaking of of uh, of logo design, our uh, we we talked about it a little bit Dem last D's. week, but uh, we our we got our shipping notification on the first run of Disc Golf Podcast Discs this last week, so that's pretty sweet. Those uh, those will get up on our website probably uh, you know sometime middle to late next week when after they arrive. Right. Well, I'm going to let y'all know. I said it last week, too. We are giving first priority, though, to our patrons. At patreon.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. Yeah. So if you want first crack, um, get up in that. Uh, we, they should be here early next week, and we're going to sort them and figure out what exactly we have. But uh, yeah, so through, through Slack and Patreon... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's only 50 discs right off the bat, which seemed like a lot when we were first ordering it, but just conversation through Slack, like, I think we're going to rip through them. Hopefully. That'd be great. Real we'll, quick. We will, we will get more if we have to. Oh, yeah. No, we're, this isn't going to be a one-time thing by no by no means at one time. This is yeah. something that uh, we realized uh, everybody throws them Ds and... and uh, oh. It's, tr- it's true. Oh, yeah. No, I just... I thought you maybe it sounded you said D's and I thought uh, just, discs yes yeah yeah of course um, not sexual at all and plus the their stamps are cool um, first run once again is DD it's got the the custom Joe stamp and then uh, uh, disc manual will be coming out 
Pro- most likely next, but we might throw something else in just dependent on Maybe. um Discmania is is behind on their well, I don't know if it's even behind or what it's it is. Manufacturing. But I man. Like they they have certain things in stock that we could do but i don't i don't really want to no i mean so i'll i'll, I'll tell you all right now because we've actually gotten questions on instagram and other places first and foremost the discs that we are are printing are staples of what robin and i throw yes like that's the, that's our biggest push is one we want to share the love with the things that uh, we love and two it's just a good like significance to us um, about what we're passionate about yeah and and putting our our images or our product on things that we love we'll we'll venture out from there but at first the majority are going to be things that we're really into so we don't want to just jump into like you know someone be like hey let me get like an md4 glow because i'm super into it where in rob and i have never thrown or probably even seen an md4 in real life um it's not higher on our our priority list to to print yeah but we'll we'll figure all that stuff as goes yeah. along. So uh, let me let me get uh, recap our episode here. I'll we'll we'll preview our episode, not recap. Gosh, we could end it right now. I'll just recap the episode that, that could have happened. Great episode. I hope you like the deer review. We nailed it. Boom. But uh, we got a, another great episode. We are going to do a quick little uh, revisit on the DGI group conversation from last week because there's been a lot more information that's come out since we last talked about it. And I, I feel it's important to, to go over that. So we'll hit that up. We are going to do a little in-depth conversation about rounding, which is probably uh, what we would consider the most common disc golf form flaw in in form you know disc golf driving form for all disc golfers yep both uh you know whether they're beginner intermediate or advanced this is something that's extremely common so we're going to spend some time on that then we have our world famous deer review our disc and beer pairing where we take a disc we take a beer we review them both and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight we have the disc mania cd2 a control driver, a nine-speed, five-glide, minus one turn, and two-fade. And we're pairing that with Founders CBS and 11% alcohol stout. So uh, CBS being Canadian breakfast stout. And uh, it's not the morning, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, breakfast is one of those meals. I'll have it any time of day. So No, without a doubt. L- there were definitely times in my youth that it was like, we're having breakfast for dinner, and I'm like, hell yes. Yep. I'm super down for some hash browns and eggs. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's go. So that we are very excited about this one. This is a great beer. Uh, the That's how Robin gets pumped up in real life, too. Let's go. Let's go. And then he goes to sleep. <laughs> and then I fall down. <laughs> But uh, I drink too much. By the by, the price tag on this beer alone, it better be good. So, we'll go there. Uh, spoiler: It is. Yes. Yes. From what I've heard. Yeah. So, again, we're excited about uh about DGP Disc. Hope you'll check them out, and uh, be sure if you if you want to get first crack, become a a patron at at the Disc Golf po- or patreon.com slash Disc Golf Podcast and. One of the the major benefit of being a patron is that you get access to our pre-show, which is like a, a whole extra disc golf podcast every week. So 
And uh, actually, we've added, we've decided to add one weekly piece to our our pre-show. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be reviewing some sort of beverage, most likely beers, each one of our pre-shows on top of our uh, regular rambling. Yeah. So extra. Ex- so so this week we did the uh, Centennial IPA from Founders. Yeah. Um, it was definitely planned too. We we were like we sat down. We're like you know this is what we're gonna do. It was not an organic. We definitely development. didn't like just come up with that idea while talking in our pre-show. Definitely not. Definitely did. I did not. <laughs> um. So uh, I also want to point out, and I was just thinking about this. So right now it is January seventeenth. And we've been running into, which I love, it's fantastic. We're having people join our Slack group or, or reach out to us. That started um, randomly, you know, listened to the latest episode and then went back and, like, tried to catch up on everything before they, they caught back up. So you may be listening to this way after the fact. The first round of discs are gone. But <laughs> if you go to throwstuff.stuff.com, there are most likely some sorts of discs up there. So check them out. Um it's cool. Hopefully. Throw stuff at stuff.com. But did I say Yeah, you you did something. I can't remember. Did what I say it was. stuffs? I I think you said throw stuff dot stuff dot com. Well, we own that one too. I mean I wouldn't recommend looking <laughs> that one up, but we we probably own that one. That one uh I think tasteful nudes is the best way to describe it, but it you know, there's a little bit of raunchy stuff on there. <laughs> no, oh, 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 that's uh, that's a different tab I have open. Okay, right. sorry. That's a website you own. <laughs> I think this is the perfect time to transition into a serious conversation about the new uh, disc golf marketing and advertising agency that was formed the the previous week. Don't you think, Joe? From, it sounds fantastic. From tasteful nudes to a uh, serious conversation about. Uh, about tasteful disc- nudes of disc golfers <laughs> through DGI. I mean, who knows? Maybe this new agency could start doing, you know, procuring deals of that nature. You know, you have the ESPN body issue. Maybe there's going to be like a PDGA magazine body issue coming. Well, I mean, DGI's uh, dude golf golf illustrated, right? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, that could be it. If, with all the DGIs out there, I wouldn't be surprised if Dude Golf Illustrated was like the next DGI to, to come up. Uh, make a note of that. <laughs> Let's trademark that. Trademarked. Trademarked the Disc Golf Podcast. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's not going to be a huge um, huge viewer base for uh, Dude Golf Illustrated. Yeah, I don't think so. Not even we do like calendars and stuff. The the swimsuit issue, probably, probably not going to be a major... Yeah. Major seller there. We, I mean, we could do a Huck face calendar. You know, Dude Golf Illustrated. Would that just be Ricky though? Like, who? Well, has, I mean, Ricky would have to be the cover. Yeah, like who else sure. has like a Huck face like that? Uh, some a lot of other places. Like, I like mean, no like one. Macbeth doesn't show emotion. That's true. Yeah, it's like excited. It's he's um. Anyways, go ahead. Did oh. you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Yes. So like you know like the there's that part where uh, Barney the you never take a bad picture of him like he's passed out drunk you take a picture and you yeah. look, you look back at him and he's like perfectly like facing the camera yeah all that sort of same thing with Paul like you he's like driving 
you look and then you look back. He's got photos. a big old smile <laughs> and then you take a picture. It's just blank face. <laughs> it's kind of like our buddy, Matty. Uh, no cold. matter how drunk he is, if you try and chief him, he's like alert and swinging. Yeah. Swinging bows. But yeah, the, no matter like you look back at Paul McBeth driving you're like I didn't realize he was wearing a, a full three piece suit and and looking directly at the camera. I, this is I, I don't what happened. How did yeah, that totally. happen? This is very strange form, but but OK. All right, whatever. Yeah, no, he's like, uh, have you, <laughs> have you ever watched Bill Belichick, like, uh, mic'd up Bill Belichick, like, straight face through everything, like, yeah, yep, sure, sure, good, good job. Good job. Should have gotten that, t- go, all right, good job. T- t- <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> 67 fumble, 67 yard fumble recovery for touchdown. All right, good. Yep, should have. Yeah, good. Good on that. Made sense yep. based on on what happened. Yep, we called the right defense. Good. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I thought would happen. Right? Mm-hmm. That's Paul McBeth on this golf course. Pre- pretty much, it's almost exactly what should have been. And then uh, to the contrary, Ricky looks like he got bit by a snake in his reach back. Oh yeah, like I mean, a snake just straight up jumped and got him in the junk, right at the at the end of his reach back, yep. and that's his face. Hey. I uh, I'm in. Listen, I'll take that all day. I'll, I'll take the actual snake bite if that can make me throw and play like Rick. You know what? I'd get bit by a snake every other day if I could putt by like Ricky. Yep. That that yep. be I I same boat. I'll uh, you know, I'll I'll deal with whatever the repercussions are, but if 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 Listen, I can Listen, let's just try it. Next time like every other hole just kick in the nets <laughs> and we'll see what happens. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want Hey, it might change your game. Listen, we'll ne- I, hey, we'll never know unless we try. I want to see We'll it. never know unless we try. I would like to see results first. I'm not really a person that would, you know, make a commitment to that sort of situation. Though, you know, it might prevent me from having more kids. Ooh. So, you know, maybe, you know, actually this isn't sound too bad except for the whole like getting kicked in the nuts part. That sounds awful. Listen, think long term. Can it's we, worth it. Can there be a, a like some sort of pain-free option here? What were we talking about? DGI. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Disguise Illustrated. <laughs> so <laughs> please take us seriously for the next few minutes while we talk about, about this new agency and uh, disregard the previous four. But, you know, whatever. It's uh, We are what we are, so... DGI Group. So last week I talked about the DGI Group, which is a disc golf agency that is geared towards marketing some of the top pros out there. And uh, and we had more interviews pop up and more articles pop up over this last week about the people. And I mentioned on last week's podcast that I had seen some kind of shady, um, you know, stuff on on a few posts and didn't really want to divulge because I hadn't really vetted any of it and. I uh, I had the I was able to listen to an interview of the president and the vice president. There's Sam Hassel and I forget the the vice president's name, but um, and then read a couple of articles and you know these are a couple of guys that have marketing and advertising backgrounds that are you know their their main goal is to sell uh you know advertising to to of uh to various companies on disc golf and. And one of the things I I heard in there that made the most sense to me was that you know we're not looking to to uh, sell this to to necessarily disc golf specific needs, but that you know disc golfers 
also buy socks and disc golfers, also buy regular consumer goods, and our demographic is is geared towards a lot of those things. And that if we package this entire group, you know, we think we can sell this to to some other companies that you might not expect in uh, in this realm. So overall, I you know I you know there's some initial backlash to this idea, and really I don't I don't anymore see a downside to it. I don't think that this could be anything but but a, a low risk and potential for reward for pro disc golfers. So right, right. And I don't. We see... might see some goofy uh, some goofy brands popping up on tournaments and on players' shirts. You know, right. Maybe but... it's Paul McBeth with like a Tide soap thing on his shirt, but you know who knows. But it, it's I don't have any problem with these disc golfers trying to further monetize their their sport so. no totally and i think you know I've, I've i've read and seen like a few arguments being like oh what if you know they uh upset big brands or they burn them this or that i'm like no no yeah i don't think that's, that's they're not big they're not big enough to burn anyone really at this point and uh i think it's a it's a it's a it's exactly what Ram said it's low risk for them they are um, letting someone else take the reins, and that someone else is only really going to make a good chunk of money if they make money for the disc golfer. So yeah, get after it. I Whatever. mean, that's exactly what a lot of the the pros have been quoted saying, which is that this is a you know no risk for us. There's we're no, not putting any money up front, and if if these guys come through, then then we'll get you know we'll get money from there, and they'll get their cut. So, um, you know, we'll hopefully we see some some extra sponsors popping up on tournaments, and uh, and for these players, and we'll we'll see. So, I but I don't really see a downside for them. Not like what people originally were posting when I saw. So right, and I think there's a possibility for it to be really positive, and there's you know. There's the chance that for the brands it it helps them out too because now the disc golfer is making more money and maybe they're not coming back to the brand being like give me more money for what I'm doing for you. Yeah, yeah, and I think originally people thought that this group was going to be like a true sports agency, like meant to have an agent to deal directly with like you know Paul McBeth needs to restructure his deal with Innova and this sort of thing, or and people thought like oh it's going to end up in you know maybe there's going to be a strike on a certain season because the players association association has a problem with what the PDGA is doing. And I think people saw stuff like that. And really these guys aren't sports agents. They are, you know, guys that have backgrounds in marketing right, and right. advertising, and they're just looking to uh, sell, you know, spots. They're looking to place sponsors in disc golf and uh, with these players and these tournaments to get you know draw extra money into those events so that's all i don't really see a problem with that and i uh, the concerns that i had before I, I think it's safe to say i i'm you know just ready to see what they can do rather than being worried about right. what might right. happen Wor- worse worst case in my mind worst case it's not successful and uh it continues the way it's been for the last x amount of years yeah, I don't. I don't really see it having a a real detriment. I mean, we might maybe we see some goofy brand, you know, stacked onto something that that makes it funny, like it's, you know, the 
Timothy. Yeah, like Paul will like uh, shave the logo of some brand in his, <laughs> in his head. Into the back of his hair and then pretend that he didn't actually do that and and that he got a bug bite or whatever it was or a, yeah. a haircut accident. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> I forget what he actually said. Oh, he said it was his hat. He said that his... Uh, his uh, baseball cap was rubbing in the back of his hair there and caused that. That's I remember that. That was awful. Really, I I honestly <laughs> never even heard that. That's no, ridiculous. that that was his actual excuse for for what that was. So, I whatever. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. But you know, maybe like the it's like the glass blown open, brought to you by Vaseline or something like that. You know. Like, just something Dude. bizarre. I think that's probably like your worst case scenario is you just get a sponsor for an event that's like, uh, okay, like it's the glass blown open, brought to you by Wilkins Honda and Subaru. You know what though? Who ca- like if it puts an extra <laughs> like like five grand in each of the people's like great. At I'm Wilkins. all for it. I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. Vagisil. <laughs> Vagisil. Like get after it. Like I don't care. Pay them players. <laughs> you know, I, th- I feel like fun open brought to you by Vagisil. Yeah, yes. I feel like yes. I feel like Paul had a really good point like a while ago, and I don't know if we ever even touched on it, but I feel like maybe this agency can help make that happen. He was like, I think if uh, TDs can bring, they should get like a percentage of extra money they're able to bring. Yeah, to the tournament. So if you can add a hundred thousand dollars to the purse, like you can take ten thousand of that. Like I think that's a that's a great and maybe yeah. that's you know, sure. And then get TDs that are just looking to to get as yeah. much purse in there as possible. Yeah, why not pay them players? You you know, and you can make. I mean, that's kind of I guess that's what this agency is doing. Yeah, they are now that like let me bring more money to this purse. And you pay me some of that. I'm yeah. sure it's some of that's going to happen. That's exactly what it is. And so, whatever they... So good on you. Yeah. I I can, got no issues with that. I, I think that... But it, also, if you don't like a little uh, Southern drawl, uh, I wouldn't listen to that podcast. Also, I probably just wouldn't listen to that podcast because we told you oh, everything you need to know. come on. We Joe, told you everything you need to know and, you know. Joe's Joe's a fan of a different other disc golf podcast. and I uh, haven't listened to any other disc golf podcast whoa, in a few weeks. Whoa. And uh, I, I am... I, I will and do enjoy the one that has the interview from time to time. So, no, I think, listen, there's, I don't even consider these other disc golf podcasts like, um, arrivals or anything. We are, a t- we're a different little world. You and I, we bring something different to the table and I got no problem with it. Oh yeah. So these other ones are like professionals that, that do, do stuff on, you know, a, on a regular some, schedule. There are like some that will, will interview will people, pull punches because they have sponsorships up there. Some that are brand specific and can't talk outside of that. Um, we just do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, pretty and much. I'm into it. Yeah. And we though I I will say, and and it was the the upshot that had the the interview of of these DGI guys. They didn't really pull any punches. They didn't. They got after on, it on I the like questions, that. and they they didn't uh, they didn't. Uh, shy around the the questions about past bankruptcies and uh, political organizations, and neither did the 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 interviewees. So um, they answered the questions, I think, directly to a point that that I felt was sufficient. And the the uh, the guys of the Upshot didn't back away from from questions and and you know kind of doubled down to make sure that these were answered, which I think is super important in 
in disc golf is small where this niche sport you know what else they didn't do on their podcast drink beer no they, they did i'm sure they would love to I, I have no doubt about that and and you know what maybe we're gonna start to see a beer sponsor pop up in disc golf i mean it seems like a perfect fit you got a bunch oh of, yeah got a bunch of dudes like age 25 to 45 like key demographic what do we want beer and dick pills so i mean uh you know oh shit i did it again I don't think uh, that age demographic really cares about dick pills. I think you're going like the 40 plus world. That's true. I was just thinking like, you know, I would assume football. Like what, what do we get to see advertisements for? It's beer, penis pills and like chips. Right. Yeah. Mix that all together. And like car insurance. Perfect afternoon. Yeah. So it'll be like the, the glass blown open brought to you by Geico, Viagra and Budweiser. Dilly dilly. <laughs> That shit needs to die. He really? Totally does. Why did you just say that on our podcast? I'm, just to point out how dumb it is. That was terrible. I'm sad inside. This is just awful. We just... Thanks. <clears throat> All right. Next. Thanks, Joe. Next song. Next song. All right. We'll get to it. All right. So our next part of this pod is about rounding. And uh, rounding is a term for a specific type of disc golf driving form flaw and the gist of it is and i think the easiest way for me to explain it is if you think of like a like a pirouette like you would see for like a ballet dancer or a figure skater where a person is is spinning on a particular point and their arms are moving in that circular motion around them that's what it is for a disc golf drive where instead of pulling the disc on a straight line through your target and releasing it, you instead are spinning it around your body. And what it does is it results in a lot of inaccuracy, number one. Yep. And then the other uh, result can be what's called off-axis torque, which is when your body is not in line with the release point yeah of where you're throwing it so i know not the the easiest thing to explain on a podcast but we're gonna do our best but we're gonna do our best um and so uh, i mentioned pulling on a straight line so when you drive in disc golf ideally you would reach back with the disc and put it out in a in a space where you could then pull that disc as on as straight a line as possible back across your body and then release straight out in line at your target, whatever that may, may be. Not necessarily a target, but your release point, your desired release point. Right. And if you were rounding, you would say maybe twist around your body mm-hmm. and have the disc end up behind your body and then be forced to spin it around your abdomen mm-hmm. and then release it at a perfect release point. Right. You know, or like swing it around your body. Like, you're, yeah, you're not pulling it through. You're you're pulling it around. Exactly. And, and what happens is it is really, really difficult to time that because when you're spinning it around your body, you have to then release the disc at the perfect optimum time in that spin to get it to go in an accurate throw, an accurate drive. 
Right. And a, and a piece of this too, um, and, and we'll get more in depth. It's not necessarily um, diagnosed just from watching the pull through. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, Robin and I with each other will notice that rounding happening with the flight of the disc. Yeah. Um, oat is definitely with the off axis torque. You'll see some flutter. Um, but the other thing is when you see discs that are more stable, um, look like you're turning them over. Yeah. Going for a right-handed player, turning over, meaning that it goes to the right really quickly. Um, and, and, uh, that's something that certainly is an indicator. Um, but the, the reason why disc golf drives, you know, from an, an efficiency standpoint and an accuracy standpoint, we try to teach or, you know, people better than us try to teach to pull on a straight line is because you eliminate that, that accuracy issue at the very end, which is that the, if you're pulling on a straight line, the release point is lined up by your body rather than timing the release of the throw. Right. So that's a, a big part for accuracy. And then the kind of secondary, um, you know, symptoms that can be off axis torque from rounding that causes the biggest one, like Joe said, you'll see is a flutter in the disc. Like when it comes out of your hand and it, and it doesn't come out smooth, it it's shaking and fluttering in the air and then finally glides out. That's because your hand and that disc were basically on different planes when you released the disc and caused it to kind of fight itself, which is going to take power from you and take accuracy from you. So these are very, very common, uh, common issues for a lot of disc golfers and even Joe and I and part of what prompted this discussion is that you know we went out uh, the other day and we're just all over the place just kind of not playing very well and one of the things I noticed for myself is I could tell that on certain throws I was you know whether it was laziness or or whatever it was I was rounding on a couple of them and, and a lot of times it's, it's timing for me um that, that causes the issue, <clears throat> but, but it's, and, and timing, timing is huge. The, the better you get with your form, the more you'll see it too. So we played a course that we haven't played in a while. Um, and we went from our normal thing that I'm grabbing about slick tee pads to having tee pads that were uneven that had lumps and hills. Um, and that really throws off, you know, when your timing is on, you know, your, your lead foot is dropping at the, when you're at the deepest part of your reach back. And if you add three or four inches to that, that that's big. Yep. Um, so the other thing I, I kind of want to talk about, and, and I don't know if you want to talk more about what rounding is before I get into it, but I kind of, and we talk about symptoms, but I, I, um, want to talk about like warning signs that yeah. that rounding is happening right and mm. this is something we see all the time and that this is where we kind of brought the um it's you not the disc mm-hmm. and something that we say a lot and when it's you a lot of the times most of the time it's it's rounding yeah um so when you hear someone saying oh this disc is unpredictable like sometimes it goes right out of my hand sometimes it fades right away that that's that's inconsistency and the majority of the time that's going right right away for a right hand backhand 
is is rounding. So um, Robin had a really good point. You brought it up uh, in kind of the pre-show. In order to really see like the nice understability of say a putter, right? See, we talk about turnover putters that you can put some juice on and they'll turn right and have that slow turn for you. Like you need to have that that 250 to 25 foot power already that you can consistently throw and be throwing it on a nice line to see that. So if, if you have trouble breaking 200 and you're trying to tell me that your putter is a roller because it goes right straight out of your hand, like that's that's most likely rounding. Yes, I, I 100% agree. And we hear it a lot. And even, even 225, I'd say, for most putters, right. most putters, if you're only throwing 225 feet with them, they should fly straight and they should probably fade a little bit. Even an understable putter um, should do that. And this goes all the way on up to what I would say that the the break point is about 250 feet. So when you start throwing a putter beyond 250 feet, that's when you start to see those flight characteristics uh, become more pronounced and, and turnover. And, but you're not going to see a, an intense turnover on even a low speed putter until you get up in that range unless you have a, a serious form flaw that needs to be worked out. Um, and it's most likely rounding or, or you know, off-axis torque, which they go hand-in-hand. Hand. They're, they're, and lots of people, we just use the term oat. Yeah, yeah, and the majority of the time it's rounding. Um, every once in a while when you get a little bit more advanced and you, you know, there are times that Rob and I are like, there's, I am not, I'm not rounding right now. Uh, wrist roll can do- totally be a factor, but by the time you're getting to where wrist roll is a thing, like you'll probably have enough experience to know that's you know that you what's, did it. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Um. But like, like I said, Robin and I see it with each other when we get out and do field work when yeah. something like that is happening. And like I said, you don't necessarily see it in in the X step and the reach back and the throw. Like it can be less pronounced than you would realize. It's really in that flight. Yeah. And those are times where, you know, I'm throwing a disc, uh, or or Robin's throwing a disc and throwing it nice and flat and it's gonna a little bit of turn and, and nice fade, and then I'll step up and throw the same thing and it'll go right, like straight out of my hand. Like our arm speed is not that pronounced different. So if it's going right out of my hand, something is wrong. Or if it's or a lot of times too with the rounding, what you'll see is it come out flat and come out like it's looking good, and then have like some some pretty beefy turn on it, or and that flutter that you might not really see right away, but realize it happened and have that that turnover um, because of that rounding. Yeah, and I think we should we should uh, you know we hadn't really talked about this before, but the the number one thing to do. In, in this situation is if you're you think you're having these problems even if you don't I mean if you find yourself we always say this all the time like if you if you're like oh I throw that disc and I think it's broken like it doesn't do the, like if you find yourself saying things like that these discs for the most part are incredibly consistent so if you you find yourself out there and you feel like there's something wrong with a disc or it's not doing what you want it to, most of the time, unfortunately, it's your throw, like we like we've said, 
And one of the best things you can do is film yourself throwing your discs. Film yourself from the side, hopefully facing the camera so that it's, it's facing your chest when you're when you're doing this and has the ability to the camera can see your full walk up run up whatever it is doesn't have to be slow motion uh in fact i i would personally prefer that it not be slow motion i can slow it down on my phone if i need to but i'd, I'd rather see how fast you're going in in full motion because sometimes people are just moving a little too fast but filming yourself from the side and just really looking at it. And then you can even post it places. There are plenty of places that people will uh, give you a form critique, whether you are a Reddit user and uh, go on our disc golf. If you post a form video there, there are plenty of really, really qualified people that will help you. You can join our, our podcast Slack group. We've got an awesome community of disc golf built on the Slack uh, chat application. You can join our channel, Just the Tips. Yeah, we have a Just the Tips channel for specifically for form advice. So if you want to do that, hit our website. There's a join Slack link at throwstuffatstuff.com. And uh, you can join our Slack community. And there's people there that will help you. If you're on Disc Golf Course Review, there's people there that will help you. on. Uh, in, there's like a whole section. Like of, if you're good at navigating that site, like yeah, you'll you know can, how to do that. <laughs> you'll know how I, to. I, I don't know that I could. <clears throat> But that's probably one of the, the best ways. And as you do that, the people that are talking to you will explain parts of your throw and you will in turn learn how to recognize those things. And when you film yourself again, you can start seeing, okay, well, that's what I was doing. And this can be as simple as, as you know, propping your phone up against your bag and, uh, and, yep. and filming it. It's very easy. Smartphones are real good at video these days. It's a simple step, and it's so easy to see what's going on with your throw when you do that. And and really, um, when you get down to being able to give disc recommendations and all that kind of stuff, this is like you have to understand your throw and, your, and, and what you can do before you can legitimately tell people how discs fly yeah and robin and i are not perfect our form is not perfect but we've dialed in we've seen each other throw enough that that we can make a really well educated guess um with our recommendations of of what we're doing and we know when we're off you know 100 percent. we you know you we, and if one of us for some reason don't doesn't realize we're off we'll let each other know. yeah yeah like, and it's become a a, a, a very Easy conversation with each other, be like, ah, that was yeah, buddy. You yeah, that you, was that, that was, was an Annie, or you you rounded like yeah, that that's not how that disc flies. Yeah, it's it's a you know an actual critique type situation where you're 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 like ah, you know, dude, you really anhyzered that pretty pretty hard, or or you know, you got that nose up big time, and that's why it faded like that. You know, we we've done so many of these reviews that it's it's and it frankly it's very nice. To, to have that that frankness and that that honesty in those situations yeah it's really all you want so um, being able to be open to to critique in in your disc golf throw none of you are perfect and uh, and uh, well will Schustrick, we're not talking to you yeah like you're good so it's uh, it's important to be able to improve is is to be able to take a critique on your throw and and understand that you know it's probably 
most likely not the disc that's the problem. Right. And especially with those, we hear a lot with people like, oh man, I can't throw putters and that's a big red flag. Oh yeah. Right away. Oh yeah. Like if you're out there like, oh, I can't, I can't throw putters. I can't do that. That's a big problem. Because right, like, oh, I hate this this judge, man. It's so unpredictable. Yeah. Sometimes it goes straight. Sometimes it goes to the right. Like, it, there's something up yeah. with it. Nah, and and putters you. should be like your safety blanket. Like, yep. you you should be like, oh, great, this I'm gonna throw this putter in this shot, and this is you know, I can control it. I can throw it smoothly and right. It's and, such and, an and that's the thing too. Um, even when it's low speed, even if it's like a slightly understable disc great form can still keep you on beautiful straight lines or slow turnover lines. Um, and that's why, and, and we say it a lot. And if you listen to older episodes and we'll say it in the future for lots of stuff, when we talk about form check discs, they are super, super neutral discs that should yep. be straight flyers. And if you're doing anything else, but, but straight, there's probably something up with your form. Yep. Most likely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is a, a difficult topic to, to really cover, you know, succinctly in, in a podcast form just because there's so much of this that is visual. But uh, hopefully for those of you that are not clear on, on the topic, there are lots of resources online for you um, and, and in our different communities to help you if you're, you know, experiencing some of these issues we've described that you can go and, and find someone in your disc golf community to help you figure it out. And uh, whether that's at the disc golf podcast slack or amongst your own friends or, or wherever. Uh, but, but hopefully if, if you're having these frustrations in your throws, you can, you can start to recognize that and, and uh, certainly film yourself, get out and film yourself throwing. It is so helpful to see exactly what you did like you might even just be able to watch yourself and be like ah some people are i was like that when i you know i i filmed myself for the first time and i had an idea of what what a disc a good disc golf throw looks like from watching a bunch of pros and i was like oh man look at that that is not what i should be doing and you know like this is not right and it was it was fairly obvious to me for the most part what what should happen and and i think certain people will be able to recognize that and other people will need a little bit more prompting to learn what a what a good throw looks like and what the timing should be but uh, it's uh, either way it, there's you won't get worse by doing it that's for sure totally all right are you ready to do our deer review I've, i was born ready awesome all right it's time i was time. born drinking beer no i don't think that's true it's definitely not true no, I, I, I think if anything, you were born eating delicious Mexican food from, from my mother and my grandmother. Yeah, yeah, That's totally. What, and I st- still eat lots of delicious Mexican food. Yeah, I'm, I'm overdue. My wife has us on a, oh, I know. on a diet that is sans tortillas. Yeah. By the way, I've, I've, uh, I've officially changed my favorite Mexican food in Sonoma. Say what? Um, long time coming. Uh, Tortilla Jalisco. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a good place. Jam. Yeah, the burritos are the shoot. Yep. Yep. That's a good good spot. I'm definitely not jealous of that at all. Uh, uh, it's not like I just had like one a couple nights ago. All right, never mind. It's time for our world famous year review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight. We have the Disc Mania CD2 
which is a nine speed five glide minus one turn two fade control driver and we are pairing it with cbs by founders brewing company which is canadian breakfast stout which is 11.7 percent alcohol this is stoutly so the crazy thing with cbs um we have listeners friends of the show that like live in the area that it is brewed and they couldn't get it they couldn't find it like i remember seeing posts being like oh i found one like in a this like back alley this dude was selling it for like five dollars above msrp and i bought three of them because it's the shit and then lo and behold in sonoma like across the country uh you know there it is at Whole Foods. There it is at Whole Foods. Lots for, of them. Uh, for $25 a bottle, for mind you. Uh, it's also twenty three ninety nine at Sonoma Market. Fantastic. So it's all over Sonoma. Like There's an abundance of CBS in Sonoma. But at, at this alcohol percentage, at 11.7%, and at the kind of richness of flavor that, that you get, if you think of this more like a bottle of wine, yeah, $25 for a... a nice bottle of wine is not crazy no and i'm that's not i'm not at all saying the price isn't i'm more saying that it's like crazy that scarcity that you know that would be like um like when waldo comes out from lagunitas us being like i we just can't get it and then having a friend in like uh delaware sure delaware be like oh yeah it's all over the shelves here yeah like it's just it's weird that you can't get it at home and across the country, it's like, oh yeah, like I, I'm gonna go buy three more. Like, yeah. there's no limit. I just gotta have the money for it. I'll check again because, uh, you know, I guess like we should. Do we want to talk about the beer first, or yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna buy two. I'm gonna buy two. I have two, and I know you drank one, and you're we're drinking one of yours. Yeah, I shared. So I'm gonna get a second, another one for us to share, and then probably one for me, and then I think I'm gonna get a few more for Brian for requirement. Uh, for Dang, some, you just talked about like $100 worth of beer right there. That's right, but uh, some of it's getting repaid in, in, in plastic slash money, so I'm down. So I shared one of these with my pops about a week ago and uh, having this one now. Um, this Canadian breakfast sandwich, um, or Canadian with, with bacon sandwich. Bacon, yep. Uh, d- d- I mean, yeah, I mean, there's probably some bacon somewhere. Christian Bible school? Listen. What's the... I don't think... Um, I don't think it would do a horrible detriment to this beer to dip a piece of bacon in it. I don't think it would I would either. be 100% honest. I, I think I'd be down with that. That'd probably be fabulous. I think I'd be super down with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely. If they if I could make like a bacon straw, I would probably would, would, would rock that. All right. Uh, new mission for the weekend. <laughs> Figure out a bacon straw. So uh, this, like we said, it's a stout. It is 11.7% alcohol. Uh, it is... Just about as black as a beer can come, you know, just solid stout. It's got a nice kind of brown head to it. Uh, we've been literally, since the alcohol percentage, we've been using our nice uh, brewery taster glasses that were given Thanks, to us Frank. By, by Frank, and uh, we really appreciate those. But this is just dark black, and this is just pure sweetness. It is chocolate. It is a little bit of cherry. It is bourbon. Mm-hmm absolutely the the bourbon and then after that you, the flavors you get you get coffee and vanilla 
It is all of the sweet flavors that you could possibly expect and just wrapped in this smooth, creamy stout. It is just incredibly smooth. And it's got and it's that coffee, that, that little bitter from the coffee. And that little that little like bitter coffee type flavor there, that's all the booziness like you well, I guess you you know it's, it's got it, booze in it. I you guess. do. I take it back. You do, but it's not. Uh, it's not a uh, an overly booze forward type thing. It's like I wouldn't. Oh, you know what it is, and you're the only one. Uh, maybe Spencer. Um, Glarifies. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, so there's this like concoction in Sonoma at one bar. That's this coffee liqueur crazy drink um that reminds me a ton of this yeah where it's like a nice mellow booziness but it's all packed in flavor um and just a beautiful thing that you want to pour over ice cream um or you know make chocolate milk with it's fantastic yeah i it's it is a i fantastic is a good way to put it in this, my dad, who uh, is a, a a beer lover just like I am, was so impressed by this, and he wasn't even sure about it because he he typically is geared more towards pilsners and um and IPAs and things of that nature, and doesn't often venture into into stouts Stout and, world and other things like that. And we were hanging out, and and I uh, gave him a few different options of what we could drink, and and. Uh, and he was like, "Well, you know what? What do you what do you think we should try?" And I'm like, "Let's try this." And he's like, "All right." And he was so impressed, he went and got his own afterwards. It was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" It's that's not- so funny. My my dad and you would well, if you met him, you'd understand. Well, I don't know if you would. So my dad, I grew up in a uh, Coors original family. Mm-hmm. Like my dad had Coors original, like that was always in the fridge. Um, and somehow, as I've gotten older, like I've turned into somewhat of a beer snob. I mean, I'll still drink f- whatever, but uh, I like my high alcohol, my my fancy micro brew, blah blah. My dad still is like Modelo, Coors, whatever. Yeah. But my dad is a wine snob. That's awesome. It's it's like my dad's like. Oh, that that bottle was like you you paid thirty dollars. No, I don't want that. <laughs> like like if you're not getting it like from reserve, like at fifty bucks a bottle for that uh, for that cab, like I don't want to touch it. Yet he drinks Coors, yeah, uh, and has no problem with that, that's right? Fine. And he's like, no, that's fine. And then like sees like my in laws who are like uh, Franzi in the box, like cool. Let me just get that Magnum. <laughs> Let me get that Magnum for like nine ninety nine of Chardonnay. Like, let's get after it. And it's nice. Like, Ooh. And my father in law was like, "Ew, you drink that swill beer? It's it's a silly thing." Yeah. Um, so I don't think my dad needs to or would care to handle this. But now Templeton, that's where I can bond with my dad. There you go. There you go. But I, you know, name your your uh, your your chocolate flavor on this on this beer, and it's there. Like whether it's like a like a Tootsie Roll, or or whether it's dark you, chocolate, you get the or dark, coffee. you get the milk, you get whatever chocolate, yeah. just like you said. And then and then I think the the next flavor that comes through is you can tell that it's a, a bourbon aged uh, thing, 
it it definitely is is uh, very strong on that kind of bourbon barrel flavor. Yeah, without and, a doubt. Uh, and then after that, you get coffee and vanilla that come through. It just and then incredible smoothness. This is probably one of the better beers we've reviewed on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and when you go stouts... Second place to the Four Loco Gold, of course. Uh, you mean the Steel Reserve Alloy Series? Oh, sorry, Fight sorry. Uh, third place to Four Loco Gold and Steel Reserve Fruit Punch. I do honestly want to um, put this up next to Black Tuesday. Yeah, I. that's not a bad idea. But uh, if we open a Black Tuesday right now... Oh, no, that's not happening. We both die in. But we can get enough... Like, the Black Tuesday, we have one other one, um, which I received today, which is a whole other... Yeah. Which is a whole other thing. Um, but we can get more CBS. That might hap- That might be, like, a large group setting of, like, five or six of us. Yeah. Um, getting we we could those. bring that up on Saturday and share it with Spence. I gotta drive home. With yeah, my but son. if we shared that with five, that's dudes, true. That's true. Totally. That's, that's one little glass of that each. That's not a big. That's not a big deal. I mean, Elliot and Spence. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Elliot will have. So some, we should do that. Spence so let's bring some. a CBS and that Black Tuesday and yeah. and get a good uh, run. Yeah. But but I, I guess my point is, I haven't been impressed by a stout um, as much as this since that Black Tuesday. Yeah. And and I know like I had a. Um, the Goose Island Bourbon Barrel before it was owned by whatever large brewery. Like I know I got a, a twelve ounce bottle of that stuff back when it was. I got through like some back alley place for like fifteen dollars for a twelve ounce bottle. I remember that being amazing. Um, and and these are on on that level or beyond. Uh, so I want to check them out more in depth together. But it's it's fantastic. Yeah. And- Totally, it's a uh, uh, it. It's not often that I'm like I need to go back and buy this twenty five dollar beer again. And granted, it comes in a, a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle, so it's not. We're not talking like a twelve ounce bottle or anything like that. So, yeah, uh, it's a a good size beer and definitely something you want to share. I don't know that definitely something. I mean, if you I house it on your own, tell my wife how much I spent on. <laughs> yeah, it could be that too. But definitely I, I you know, this is something that's meant to be shared with another person. Otherwise, I feel like one if you drank it all to yourself, you probably end up with a bit of a hangover just based on the the amount of sugar most likely that's that's in a beer of this style. Yeah. And, and you know, really just seems like something that's meant to be shared in a small glass. Um, you know, with with a good friend. So yeah, it's it's not something you you pour a pint of and knock down a pint. Like yeah, you take no. your time and you sip away. Yeah, and that's coming from me who pounds everything. Like I'm yeah. not about to just house a a glass of of CBS. Yeah, um, that's that's just not right. But it's fantastic. Are you ready to talk disc? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute, we haven't talked about the disc. Oh, and, at all. and uh, we we uh, we paired this with the CD two. Because they both start with a C, so leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, we really wanted to review this uh, this beer, and we really uh, have been overdue on reviewing the CD2. Like crazy overdue, which I'm kind so, of blown away. And, which and was probably disc- just because it had it was a CD2. Like it didn't automatically connect with a yeah. beer, and it just kind of never jumped in. Yeah. And, uh, and I bagged it for a very long time. 
and uh, and it's still it may find its way back in there in the future. Um, but but it was something I had for a while. But do you want to start talking about it or? Yeah, I'll start. I'll start because I think you'll go in more in depth because you had it in the bag for a while, and I've. I mean, I've thrown enough to to talk about it, but you can give it a better uh, feel. So it's a it's a control driver. It's a nine speed. Um, you can tell by the rim. Um, it, it's not a super wide rim, um, but it's wide enough that I don't hit it in my hand. <laughs> uh, it has, and I don't even know how to describe this. Um, the flight plate just kind of has a little different feel to it. it reminds me of, um, gosh, what was that? I threw a T Devil mm-hmm. for a minute. That reminds me a little bit of like the tapering on the the flight oh, yeah. plate. Um, it's got it's not really super dome. It's got a little bit of dome, but uh, not too much. The flight for me kind of spoke really well to the numbers. Um, I I know I could give it a really good rip. And get it to pop up to flat and maybe have a little bit of turn and not a huge fade. Um, but I do know, and, and I'm going to be honest and I'm going to come forward. Um, we tested this a while ago. And this has kind of been in like the backlog for me anyways. Um, Robin bagged it for a while. But my we had some good test sessions for a while. Our, uh, some good test sessions a while ago. And um, at that point in time, we are throwing it. I was in this weird thing where I was like, if I get any turn on a disc, like I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. Actually, I've- yeah, there there was this weird. I don't even. I was like, I'll probably just turn it over. Like probably rounding. Probably uh, in a world where I was just like, I just turn everything over. It's just like life sucks. Um, so I remember, you know, I I know I was flipping and turning it, and like the more I think about it and remember the flights, I'm like, why did I not? Yeah, I be think, like, I think be this, like, I should throw this more. Yeah, I should check this out. Like in the, this is the, uh, the world in which Joe uh, bags an FD. Yeah, this is a a longer FD. Yeah, and that's it, that's pretty much exactly what it is. It's got great glide. You get nice turn, and it's just a it's a straight shooter. Um, but it's some turn. So like for me, I think about the T Bird three for me. I could flip up maybe, but I wasn't really getting turned. It was just this super awesome long straight flyer that I know I could put juice on and trust it to go straight and not have a huge fade. And this is like the step down where I can crank it and it's going to maybe turn a little bit, but it's going to go straight ultimately and not have a huge fade. Um, it's a cool, di- it's a, it's a cool enough disc. Um, Gosh, we see this. Uh, this has happened so much on the podcast. I mean, the trespass is the number one prime example of all in the world where the time in which I was testing it, I was like, oh, it's got some turn. Meh. Yeah. And, and I was like, wait a minute. This is the coolest disc on earth. What am I doing with my life? And I don't I don't mean to pile on here, but we've heard from uh, one of our awesome Slack mods, Austin, that the Glow C-Line CD2 is kind of equivalent in terms of what we've said about the glow fd in that it's the more stable version right so Shit. <laughs> but uh so the cd2 is a disc that i bagged for a while and hilariously completely opposite reason that it came out of my bag 
than Joe's. <laughs> true. Um, and like I, I honestly wanted it to be less stable. When when Which I isn't a horrible thing. When I put it in my bag, it was replacing a slot for me that I put it in there, wanting it to be more understable than it actually was. Um, and it, so I I kind of pigeonholed it in my mind early on thinking like oh okay these are these numbers it's this n- nine speed this five glide minus one i'm going to be able to get it to turn it you know it's going to be like a you know a a, a longer fd but you know similar under stability but in reality right because that's what was sold that i remember at the very beginning it's like it's this longer fd like that's yeah yeah but in reality it's also a nine speed so it's it's you know significantly more stable than what an fd would be and it's, in my opinion, kind of smack dab in the middle between a Thunderbird and a T-Bird 3. Just right dead in the middle of those two discs. And the only difference between them being is that the, the CD2, when you really get get both cheeks into it and get a good throw, you will get more turn than either of those. Um and, and, w- and wind, it's susceptible and, yeah, to wind a little and, bit more. And definitely, in, if you're dealing with a headwind condition, you'll see more turn out of it. But I was kind of more expecting to be able to just hyzer flip this thing all over the place. And, and I don't know why I thought it that way, but that's what it was. And well, what, because we looked at, at flight numbers, right? But we also yeah. didn't take into account that um, it's Discmania slash Innovoplastic, whereas... Yeah. You got to give a little time. Yeah. And then uh, ultimately what what pushed it out of my bag was I started layering Thunderbirds and right. uh the G-Star Thunderbird specifically is the disc that I use now that that uh pushed this disc out. And the reason it stayed in his bag for so long even though he had Thunderbirds is because this shit is gorgeous. Yeah, it's a nice swirly like lime green S line CD two with a Huck Lab like the mini Huck Lab stamp on it's beautiful. It is like I don't know I it really should be in in my bag. Um I I just I just like know. listen the more we're talking about it, if like if it doesn't go back in your bag it's gonna sneak I feel like I'm gonna have to put it in my bag after this episode because so Joe, it won't go in mine. Joe's already Smart got man. his pants at his ankles. Smart man. Um, <laughs> but it it. Uh, you know, so it was it was a disc that I was getting flip and turn, but it wasn't turning over. Mm-hmm. It's great glide, straight shooter, not big fade, um, and enough- all the things that I learned to appreciate because of the trespass. Yep. Okay, I knew we were going there. It's true. It's true. It is. It's a. It's a. It's one of those. It's discs like a, where it's like a baby tress. It's got it got enough stability to to be able to trust it. Um, unless you're dealing with a really, really intense headwind and, uh, and it's got an enough flexibility in the lines that you can throw it straight. You can throw it on a hyzer. You can get a lot of different lines out of it. Um, it's just not, uh, I forget what I saw that made me think it was more understable. I think it, I think Eric Oakley, uh, had like a video on there where he's Probably. like, he was like, oh, you got to be careful with this thing. And then you forget. It's like, oh yeah, this dude is a pro and throws hella far. You know what though? But that's the same thing. And that's, and that's something that it's hard with Dismania and Innova. Um, it's hard to just 
gear down and be like, listen, I'm going to give it the time. It's going to get to where I want it to be. Um, it's not there yet. Oh, this works. Cool. Like yep. later. Yeah. Um, like right now, I mean, I haven't run in that into that a lot with like dynamic to stuff, but like I have a defender that I'm like, I think I'm almost there. Like, I think it's just about there to where it's going to be like a bomber and not just a disc that I throw yeah. on big hyzers. Yeah. Um, and who knows, like just the aging in the Shedio, you might be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a crazy world, and and I think like I have uh, because of of playing with Robin and being able to throw discs that he'd had in his bag forever. There were molds that I was like, "That's my jam!" Like I'm gonna throw bosses because I threw this like awesomely beautifully worn Felberg boss, and then I bought a boss and was like, "Oh, that's what? That's very different. That is very different. That's not what I wanted." Yeah, there there are a lot several things in my bag that are not representative of a brand new version of that disc, just because I've layered them for so long. So that's a that's certainly an example. So I the CD two. A great control driver, uh, certainly for. But this is also like first run, right? This is like when they are early. This is. I don't know about first. Well, run. I mean early pretty, though. Pretty early on, yeah. Because I because I've been hearing different like today in Slack people were talking about DDXs, and I know we got first run. I have yeah, I have a first DDXs, run DDX, and um, I have heard that they might be a little beefier than. Yeah, um, so I I still. Yeah, so this one's a swirly S line, and I got it through with a Huck Lab stamp. So it's not technically in there. I don't think it's a first run because I don't. True. I, I don't imagine. I that. feel like, but I feel like CD two. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just tripping. Maybe but, you just read Longer FD and you're like, "That's it. I'm getting it." Um, it was fairly close to when it came out that I that I got it and put it in my bag because I was very excited about the the prospects. And then quickly threw it into a tree. Literally first throw ever, I put it forty five feet up in a huge oak tree, and um, and luckily there was a massive storm that that night, and it fell down from the tree, and an awesome disc golfer from Sacramento um found it and called me. So dude, not even a local, just came and and uh, played the course for the first time, and we just so happened to be coming to play it. Uh, and he called me and I was able to get it back. So it was, meant, a, it was meant to be, that was great. It was a, it's a great disc. So, all right. You, are we going to do a rating on the, on these, these two now? Yeah. Founders CBS and the disc mania CD two. All right. So founder CBS is a, at least $25, seven fifty. doesn't fit in a bottle keeper. It's 11.7 and syrupy goodness. Don't take it on the course. No, don't. But but yes, please drink it. Oh yeah, drink that with friends too. Like, get your friends together. I I think this is something we should be doing more often. You know, set up a time where you and you know four or five friends each bring like an awesome bottle, and you get yeah. you get a glass or two off of it. Like that's what this is meant for. Yeah. Um, it's also meant for aging, which I'll be honest. Um, with my wife in my house any wine that should be sat for a while it's just not gonna happen it's gonna get drank mm -hmm. any beer that should be sat for a while it's just not gonna happen because hey we got the shedio we got the we got our little our little no over there. no totally but i'm not 
I'm beer's meant to be drank in my fair enough in my fair world. Um, but wait till the right moment where you have friends and you can really share and get after it. Yeah, uh, drink it. Get your friends. Don't bring it on the course. Don't don't be no dumb dumb. Um, the disc, however, is in like for me this weird world. Where I'm like I need to go through it more. Um, and now that I'm hearing about Austin and the the glow, um, there I could see that slot being appealing. But I also um, spent crazy shit tons of money on a second run fd that i have yet to throw and that might actually kind of fit that same slot could um could or the mixture of the thunderbirds and eagle and that fd yep. there's there's a ton of overlap and i don't know that i necessarily need it but i definitely um, am intrigued enough to put some time into finding out yeah yeah it's a it's a good disc i you know to be honest, I I rely on Thunderbirds so much these these days that that's kind of taken most of the lines that I would use the CD2 for, especially the the G-Star Thunderbird being Yeah, that shit does work for you. It's being more understable and and it's really kind of that's what I use it for. So, and I can only think of a couple situations where I where I'd rather throw the CD2 and uh it's not enough to bag it in my opinion and i have backup g-star thunderbirds too that that i that i've got around and i keep the champion and glow thunderbirds for more stable lines um so in whenever i can i prefer to layer a mold than to carry an extra you know different mold to get a particular shot so at the moment, the CD2 is battling uh, battling Thunderbirds, but it's still a great disc. I mean, it's really, really a nice control driver yeah. that you can get a lot of great lines out of, and with a nice, powerful throw, you'll get some understability, and you can also uh, get, get some pretty standard straight or hyzer lines out of it, too, that'll get you some good distance. So Yeah, definitely. Overall, uh, you know... Nice versatile control driver in the lines of like the Culverin or the totally the, the Thunderbird yeah. or you know in those kind of similar speed ranges where you're talking about a uh, a nine speed disc that that is you know capable of some distance and and not too overstable so for sure yeah so uh, you got a rating for this I one? do I do this is a uh, a distance breakthrough. Uh, while rounding. <laughs> this is a, damn, I threw it so far. If only I had my form right and and did it where I wanted it to go. <laughs> Meaning the beer is, uh, you can't bring the beer on the course. You can't bring and- the beer on the Like, they're both, like, really cool, but they're not really for us. Like, it's great, but it doesn't really help you out. Yeah. At this point in time. Fair enough. Fair enough. The CD2 remains to be seen, and uh, uh, CBS, Founder CBS, is a delicious beer that we hope to enjoy with friends many times over. And uh, Like, I'm pretty positive we're going to buy out all the stores in Sonoma could, at some point. We, we probably will. It's not often that we come across Well, one. here's the thing. I know Whole Foods, because I talked to their beer dude, um, when things don't sell, uh, they, mar- they have to mark them down a few times. 
So if I don't get them in time and I pop in there and it goes down, like I'm buying it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will buy it out before they have to send it back or whatever. Absolutely. So, yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, that's our deer review, our world-famous disc and beer pairing, and uh, CD2 and Founder CBS. Check both of those out where they're they're worth your attention, especially if you're a disc mania thrower for the CD2. Uh, if you don't have that in your bag, I don't know what you're doing. Um, and then for Founder CBS, uh, just a delicious stout, really kind of full-bodied, perfect stout. I'd... Right. And it's, I mean... A lot of people, when you go stout, you go, "Oh Guinness, no, no, nope, nope." This you don't you don't know stout unless you get after something like this. Yeah, this is a whole different world than that. So, uh, be sure to check us out on our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. You can uh, find all our deer reviews on there. Our episodes are on there. Pretty soon, we'll have our discs that will be arriving sometime next week. So those will those will go up there, uh, provided all our uh, Patreon subscribers don't buy them, every single one of them before before they hit. That's them. it's totally possible <laughs> we'll get more. There will be more so, coming. And then if you're looking to get more disc golf podcasts into your weekly routine, uh, join us on Patreon.com/slash/discgolfpodcast and uh, get access to our pre-show recordings. It's like a whole other podcast from us every week where we go through all kinds of shenanigans. We'll start doing extra beer reviews on those and uh, all kinds of other you know, X-rated nonsense. You know what else we have on the way we didn't even talk about? Hmm. Stickers. Oh, yeah. The stickers will also be going out with, with disc orders. Yeah. So those, those are coming, and uh, people that order discs will get, will get brand new Disc Golf Podcast stickers in their, in their thing, too. So good stuff. Uh, we are at the Disc Pod on Twitter. We are facebook.com slash the disc golf podcast. We are at the disc golf podcast on Instagram. Check out all that stuff. Please review us on, on iTunes. Uh, it really helps other disc golfers to find our podcast to, to drop five stars on us and a nice review on, on iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate everyone that's yes, done that so far do. and it helps us to get new listeners. And lastly, join us in Slack. We'd love to see you there. We have the link on our website again, throwstuffatstuff.com. There's a join Slack link, and uh, Joe and I will personally in, uh, welcome you to the group, and you can ask us questions, talk to the group about anything. You can find uh, channels for your local area. You can get advice on your form. If maybe you got a problem with rounding, you can talk about beer in the Beer Talk channel. All kinds of great stuff going on there 24-7. Yeah. and hey, maybe you're going on vacation. You can join up into a group that is in the area you're visiting, and we have seen it multiple times, people uh, taking others out to local courses to check them out. Uh, it's it's pretty rad. Exactly. So uh, join us there. We'd love to hear from you and, and uh, get feedback on the podcast. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. And also, a long overdue uh, ace call-in from David Ramos to follow this. You're right. It's so we have too long. We have our, our call-in Raptor range, which is uh, our phone number, which is 939-5476. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We get ace calls. We get great calls just all over the place. But uh, we have a long overdue... Uh, very first ace from David Ramos at Golden Gate Park. Yeah. So if you, if you call that number in and leave us a message, we will play it on the podcast. 707-939-5476.
Did I say that right? You did. We got okay, it. Okay, good. And uh, again, get out there this weekend and throw stuff and stuff. Hi, guys. This is David uh, on the Slack group, also known as at DRAM. So I did something pretty awesome today. Got my first ace ever. I was at a Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, hold two position B, in uh, a group of eight people, which originally was broken up into two separate groups because we were playing doubles, but we got back up on two. My partner goes up to throw, parks it running beneath the basket, so then I step up and I think to myself, you know what, just go all in, what's the worst that's going to happen, we're going to get a birdie anyways on this one. Throw an Anheuser shot. Bang, right into the chains. One of the greatest sounds I've ever heard while playing the game. Um, I actually wasn't sure if it stayed in, but then somebody poked their head over a hill uh, by the tee for hole three and puts up his two hands like I just made a field goal. It's freaking great. Um, managed to finish that game in, uh, at negative five. And to boot on hole nine, just to keep it going, one of the other people that was playing in the group managed to get an ace as well with a putter. So all in all, it was a great day. Thanks, and uh, by the way, Joe, happy birthday. <laughs>